Amen. Amen and amen. Before we get started today, I'm going to ask Brian to lead us in prayer, please, buddy. Father, your word says in First Peter, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold yes. from your vain conversation by traditions from your father. But Father God, with your precious blood, Lord Jesus, with the precious blood of Christ as a way without blemish, without spot. So Lord, we thank you, Father God, this morning about the blood that has life. Give us to our sins. We thank you for your word, your spirit to lead Pastor Don this morning to speak as you orchestrate it, Father, through the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you that you've redeemed us from the curse. You've delivered us from darkness to, to your marvelous light so we could walk yes. and talk and be in you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. You're helping us every moment as we draw on you. Thank you for Pastor Don to speak a word and see you, Father, by your spirit, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for him, your, your wisdom on his life in Rondas. Thank you, Lord, for this place today. We give you honor, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, buddy. Uh, we'll be in Revelation, if you want to turn there, 13 again, as we continue on in our uh, end time series, if you will. Uh, I hope that you are... Uh, enjoying it. I hope that you are learning. I hope that you uh, uh, are seeing what God's Word has to say about uh, about the end times. We'll be in Matthew, uh, Matthew, Revelation 13, but we'll be uh, skipping around through Revelation and maybe going some other places and uh, here, there, everywhere. So, but that'll be the basis for our uh, our message today. Uh, the title of the message is "The Mark of the Beast." Okay. <laughs> Jacob Finkel was 10 years old when uh, the Germans invaded Poland, World War II. He was one of seven Jewish boys of the family. And after a few months, as they moved into his, his town, they, they captured Jacob and his family. And they took him to the prison camp there at uh, Auschwitz. And you know what was going on in Auschwitz with the Jews. At the age of 12, he was there at Auschwitz. And when he arrived at Auschwitz, he asked one of the prisoners there, he said, what's going to happen to us? And the prisoner pointed to the chimney and the smoke that was coming out of the chimney and said, tomorrow you will cause the smoke to happen. The prisoner also told him, he said, uh, if any way that you can get in the line over there that are giving marks or giving tattoos on the people, he said what they're going to do with those people that they mark said they're going to put them in the work detail. And everyone that doesn't have the mark will be put in the incineraries. Little Jacob says, I've got to do something. Uh, he tells us that he escaped to the latrine area. And the latrine area had a back door. And he said he got out the back door, and then as he got out that back door, he saw this line of, 
of people that were lined up there. And he said, I went and got into the line and stood and waited for my turn to get my mark so that maybe I could stay alive, if you would. That mark represented to Jacob survival. It meant life itself. And he was so willing to go get that mark on his arm. You know, one day in the tribulation, Satan and his band of cohorts are going to use another mark. Did you know that? And that other mark is called the mark of the beast. And every person on the face of the earth will have to decide at that point in their life, do I take the mark of the beast or do I reject the mark of the beast? Because you see, in the tribulation, the mark of the beast symbolizes life, if you would. And we're going to look at that today, but, but those folks that take that mark of the beast really believe that they are having their life extended by taking the mark. So we're going to look at that today. You know, there's a lot of speculation about the mark of the beast, a lot of confusions, a lot of questions, a lot of go, ah, I don't know, is the mark of the beast around today? A lot of speculations. Who, who will get the mark of the beast? What is the mark of the beast? At what time frame is, is this mark of the beast going to take place? Is it, is it here today? What happens if I get this mark and I really don't want it? I mean, can I get this mark of the beast and, and not mean to? Hopefully we'll answer those questions today. Or what if I get the mark of the beast? Can I decide later on in my life that I don't want it? Can they remove the tattoo, <laughs> if you would? I know today you can re remove some tattoos, okay? But is that removable is the question. Do I change my mind? I really, nah, I don't think I want that in my life right now. So we're going to look at those today and see what, see what happens, okay? I hope to be clear as mud for you today as we look at the mark of the beast. I know. There's a lot of questions, a lot of speculation, a lot of fears out there about the mark of the beast. So we're going to try to work on that today, okay? I hope. I hope you'll be educated today. I hope that you will see that, you know, God has a plan. And God still is in control. God's sitting on his throne. He hasn't given up on his plan. And things will happen according to his time frame. You need to understand that. He's in charge. Ain't nobody else in charge. You know, some of those things that we look at that we want to look at today and some of those things that you maybe have heard about the mark of the beast, what is this mark of the beast? And there's been a lot of talk about what it is. I mean, you maybe have heard that, that the mark of the beast is going to be some sort of a stamp or a, uh, or a tattoo, if you would, placed on, uh, on a person's either forehead or his, his hand. Uh, probably be related to something with the number 666, maybe, okay. I know, I know people today that they kind of shy away from that number. They don't want that number. They don't want a house number with a bunch of sixes in it. You know, they don't want to, I say they don't want a phone number with a bunch of sixes in it, but yet we have a church member here whose phone number has four of them in there. 
you know, and, and it's, it's not funny, but every time I punch that in to call him, it's like, <sighs> so we're going to work on his salvation, make sure he's saved before everything gets out of here. <laughs> People have said it's a barcode. You know, you go, to, you go to the store, you go to Walmart, and they scan your stuff there, and they say, well, that mark of the beast is going to be some sort of a barcode that's, that's going to be put, put on you. Okay, because what we do know about the mark of the beast, it will, it, when it happens, it will be because we have a cashless society. No more currency. Okay, people have said that, that your credit card with a chip or your debit card with a chip is the mark of the beast. And that might get all of us. Not true. Okay, not true. Some people have said that, that, uh, the little microchip that they're starting to come up with, you know, the little grain of, of rice there, the size, and, and, and they said this microchip is, it, surely it's got to be the mark of the beast because it can track your location, it can track what you're doing and how much you're spending, and, 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 you, and if you get this little chip implanted in you somewhere, that must be the mark of the beast. Nah, it's not. It's not. We see today in society there's a thing called Bitcoin. Where, where there is no money exchange. There is no currency. There's no coin. Uh, your transactions are done through, uh, uh, through the Internet. And there's no hard coins. Cashless society. I told you in November about Amazon, the store, Amazon stores. Where you go into Amazon stores and you pick up the items that you want to buy. Okay, and instead of taking them to the cashier, there is no cashier there. All you have to do is walk out the door, and with your phone and with your scanner, the store scanner, they will scan everything that you have in your arms, and it will immediately go to your account. Hmm. And people said, you know, that is, that's, that's got to be the mark of the beast. I mean, even as we speak about it today. And I'm here to tell you it's not the mark of the beast. Now, these things that we just talked about maybe are precursors to the mark of the beast. Maybe they're leading up to the mark of the beast. But they're not the mark of the beast. So rest assured when you hear that in, in conversation or in thought or whatever, you can just write it down that that is not the mark of the beast. Are they leading up to? Yes. But is it the mark? No, it's not. And I'm going to prove it to you here in just a little bit, okay? You know, some people have believed in society today that they are, have already received the mark of the beast. I mean, there's folks out there that believe they've already got it. You know, they go, I don't know what happened, but man, I, years ago, I, I, I blasphemed God and I said a lot of bad things about God. And, and I know he gave me the mark of the beast at that point. Uh, no, he didn't. Or, or I, I was in a, I was in a drunken stupor or whatever, and and I remember, I remember saying, I, I, I pledge my allegiance to the Antichrist and to Satan, and 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 I've played all these Ouija boards and stuff, and I know it's God's punishment that He's given me the mark of the beast. Uh, no, that's not right. I own credit cards and debit cards. Obviously, that's the mark of the beast. No, it's not. There was one thought out there where I thought it was a little bit crazy, but, but I read about it, and I thought, well, I'll just share it with you too, is some believe that, 
because Christians meet on Sunday and not on Saturday, the Sabbath, that that is the mark of the beast. Because we're meeting on Sunday and not on the Sabbath. That's not a mark of the beast either. Okay? I, I want you to understand what, what we're talking about here. And, and all these scenarios are out there, and yet none of them are true. None of them are what the Bible says. You know, you, know you, can, you can come up with a lot of stuff, and you hear a lot of stuff in the news and stuff, and, and uh, you know, you might have friends talk, and you guys might be talking about, about what this mark of the beast is, and, or is it this, this vaccination that's out there? I mean, is that it? I mean, is this vaccine that, that some are taking and some are not, is that the mark of the beast? I've heard that's the mark of the beast. So who do you believe? Do you believe... Uh, the Washington Post? Do you believe the New York Times? Do you believe CNN? Do you believe Fox? Do you believe your friends? Do you believe your pastor? Who, who are you going to believe? And I would urge you right now to believe none of those folks. Not even me. Because what I want you to see is what God's Word says about uh, the mark of the beast. It's not my opinion. It's not my thought. I want you to see what it says in here about the mark of the beast. So, so when you think about that and you're struggling with that and you're talking to your friends about that and they got all these kind of just crazy ideas about what the mark of the beast is, I am going to ask you and to tell you that what you need to do is to go to God's Word and see what He says about it. And don't believe anybody else's. My prayer today is I will speak God's Word to you so then you can believe what I say, but it's got to come from God's Word before you find truth. Where do you find absolute truth about this and in any subject that you want to come up with? That's right, God's Word. So that's where we're going to go. We're going to go to God's Word. And today I'm going to give you six identifiers, if you will, of the mark of the beast. Six identifiers, six characteristics, six things the Bible says that are related to the mark of the beast. Is the mark around today? Who's going to get it? All those kind of things. So we're going to answer that today. So, so we're going to be the, begin there. And, and I want you to see the first identifier. The first thing the Bible talks about on the mark of the beast. And the first one says, All truly born again Christians will not be around when the mark of the beast is set up. If you are been born again, you are a true believer in Christ, you will not be around when the mark of the beast begins, is set up. You won't be here. Well, how do I know that? Well, 1 Thessalonians tells us this. 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning of verse 14. I'm just going to read some of these verses to you because they are just absolutely great verses. And these great verses in 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning 14, talks about the rapture. And it's a rapture when every Christian, one of these days, maybe sooner than later, will be snatched up into heaven. For we will no longer be here. We will be in the presence of the Lord. And when the Antichrist comes and the mark of the beast comes, we ain't going to be here. So let's read that real quick. First Thessalonians 4, 14, beginning there. It's some great, great verse. And I, just, I could just tell you what they say, but I want to read them to you. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus or those who have died 
asleep in Jesus. 15. For this we may say to you by the, by the word of the Lord, that those who remain, those who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, he will not precede those who have fallen asleep. And that's, and that's death. 16. For the Lord himself will descend with a heaven, with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will, shall always be with the Lord. And in verse 18, therefore comfort one another with these words. We will not be around when the mark of the beast comes. Why? Because of that great rapture moment. When he calls up every born-again believer. When the shout from heaven, when the voice of the archangel, when the trumpet of God sounds, bingo, bango, fat, faster than that right there, the dead will rise from their graves, meet the Lord in the air, and almost simultaneously, those who are alive right now will also meet the Lord in the air. What a great, great reunion that's going to be. And it says we will be with him forever and forever. Comfort those with these words. So the first thing we see is the mark of the beast. If you have truly been born again, you won't be around to see the mark of the beast. So anybody that wants to dispute that, anybody wants to say, well, it's coming your way. No, it is not. If, 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 and that's a big if, if you've truly been born again. We're not talking about pretenders, wannabes, or maybes. We're talking about those folks who have truly been born again, will be raptured out of here. What a, you know, they call the rapture the blessed hope. And there's a reason for the blessed hope. Because I don't know about you, but I'm looking for that day when the Lord says, come on home, Don, bang. And I get to meet him in the air. So the first thing says, Christians, we will not be there when the mark of the beast happened. The second thing I want you to look at real quickly will be back in Revelation 13. It says, and the mark of the beast will be instituted in the end times during the reign of of the Antichrist and the false prophet. The mark of the beast will happen during the tribulation after the Antichrist and after the false prophet have been revealed. That hasn't happened yet. In Revelations 13, uh, 1 through 10, uh, we can read about, we're not going to today, we read, read about the beast of the sea. The beast of the sea, and, and, and who that is? That would be the Antichrist, the beast of the sea. And it talks about the Antichrist there in the first ten verses and some of the things he's going to be doing. If you want to know what the Antichrist is doing, you can, you can read those ten verses. Uh, in verses 11 through 18, it talks about the beast of the earth, two different beasts. The beast of the earth is the false prophet. Because, you know, in, in, in tribulation time, they have what's known as the unholy trinity. You know what? Where Satan decides he want to set up, set up uh, uh, stuff just like God has set up, and if we f we see the unholy Trinity during this time, because Satan sets him up, self up as God, he sets himself uh, the Antichrist as Jesus and the false prophet as the Holy Spirit. He thinks he's got to have the big three too. Okay, that his big three are are nothing compared to the the real big three, if you would. And we see in in, in chapter thirteen, and we look at the beast. Uh, from the earth, and, and probably you'll probably, I didn't even learn something here today. Uh, he causes the earth, people on the earth, in verse 12, to worship the Antichrist, worship the beast. Uh, 
Okay, he causes that. He forces that. He makes that happen. In verse 13, he causes fire to come down from heaven. He has supernatural powers to call heaven fire down from heaven. In verse 14, we see he deceives those who listen to him. And he's going to create an image of the Antichrist. An image of the Antichrist. And he will force people to worship the image of the Antichrist. It, and, and that's in 16. If you look at 16, he says, He causes all the great and the small and the rich and the poor and the free and the slaves to be given a mark on the right hand and on their forehead. And they will worship the Antichrist. You, didn't, you probably didn't know this. You thought the Antichrist was the one who, who began the mark of the beast. And it's not. It's the false prophet who begins the mark of the beast and said, you will have the mark of the beast so that you can worship the Antichrist. And we see this there, and, and we see God's perfect timing, and, and we read about this. And so, so when is the mark of the beast going to happen? It's going to happen once the tribulation time has started. And when does the tribulation time start? It starts when the Antichrist and his ten Roman Empire people Governments, leaders signing a peace agreement with the country of Israel. And at that point, the Bible tells us, tribulation has started. And after that has happened, after the Antichrist and the false prophet, prophet has been revealed, then here comes the mark of the beast. So you see, vaccines are not the mark of the beast. Okay? Your credit card is not the mark of the beast. Bitcoin is not the mark of the beast. Because all of this is going to happen during the tribulation and not before. It is just, it, to me, it's just amazing that, that man thinks they've got this all this figured out, that, they, that he knows exactly what's going to happen, and yet here we have holy and sovereign God sitting on his throne and said, you know what, I, I've already told you <laughs> what's going to happen. I've already given you the timeline what's going to happen. No matter what anybody tells you, God says... Here is the way it is. And here is the timing of this. So you can argue anybody that you want to, but you've got to understand God has already told us what, when, and where this is going to happen. I think the third thing that we will see with the mark of the beast, it will be required for everyone to be able to buy and sell. Uh, verse 17 there, it will be required for everyone to buy and sell. Obviously, that can't be today. We read in verse 17 about this mark. And he says, and he provides, who's he? False prophet. That no one will be able to buy or to sell except the one who has the mark. Either the name of the beast or the number of his name. One day, everybody will have to decide whether or not they want to take the mark of the beast during the tribulation time. You'll have to decide. Okay, there, there won't be no pretenders, no wannabes. You'll either have to do it or not do it. And the Bible says what? Uh, if you want to buy and sell, you'll take the mark of the beast. Now just think about that for a minute, would you? You can't go to homeland and buy groceries without the mark of the beast. You can't go to Kohl's and buy clothes. Or in our case, a ton of shoes. Without the mark of the beast. <laughs> Look. 
You can't pay your water bill, your electric bill, your gas bill because you have no money. You are unable to survive in the world because without the mark of the beast, you can't buy or sell or do any of that kind of stuff. Now, just think about that. Now, how long are you going to survive without it? And every person is going to have to make that call. Do I get it or not? For Jacob Finkel, he had to make that call. Do I take a mark in order to survive or not? And every person in the tribulation will have to decide whether or not they want to take that mark to survive. Can you imagine that? How many people in the world at that time are going to take that mark? Almost all of them. You see, one of the instincts that man has is survival. We, we, we have to survive. And, and the enemy knows that. And he says, man, if you want to survive, you want to live, hey, you've got to take the mark so that you can eat and have clothes and to pay your bills. You won't even have a job because they won't, aren't able to pay you because you don't have the mark. There's no money, no currency. The Bible says if you want to buy and sell, you must take the mark. The fourth thing I want you to see real quick is this. To receive the mark, you will also pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and worship the Antichrist. You will pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and you will worship the Antichrist. Revelation 13, 12 says this. He, false prophet, exercises authority of the first beast, uh, Antichrist, in his presence. And he makes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose fatal wound was healed. You take the mark of the beast, you will pledge allegiance to him, and you will worship him. In Revelation 14, 9. It says, if anyone worships the beast in his image and receives the mark on his forehead, you will bow down and worship the beast. In verse 11, it says, and the smoke of the torment goes up forever and forever. They will have no rest day or night. Those who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark on his name. And there's other verses there. I kind of listed those if you, if you want those that, that deal with the allegiance of the mark of the beast and the worship of the mark of the beast. Jesus had an answer for that in Matthew 12.30. Did you know it? Matthew 12.30, which is a great verse, it says this. He who, who, he who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters you want to pledge allegiance to the antichrist you are rejecting Jesus you're either for me or you're against me there will be no middle ground in the tribulation there will be nobody straddling that fence you're either going to be for me or against me and once the mark is set once you have taken that mark once you have pledged allegiance to the Antichrist and the false prophet and to Satan. The Bible says your eternity is set. You can't rub the mark off. You can't get a tattooer to remove it. 
once you have done that and accepted the mark of the beast, your eternity is set. And that eternity, the Bible says, is in the lake of fire and brimstone. So no, you don't want to take the mark of the beast. Revelation 19.20 says this. It talks about their fate for those that take the mark of the beast in the tribulation. He says, those who receive the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image, these two were thrown alive into the lake of fire which burns with brimstone. Someday in the tribulation, every person will have to decide, will make a decision. Will they reject Christ or will they follow Christ? You see, if you decide in the tribulation, if you are around in the tribulation, you'll have to make that choice. Will you, will you stand and accept Christ as your Savior, which, and we've talked about this before, the greatest revival in the history of revivals will be in the tribulation. If you're one of those and you accept Christ, you are most likely going to die a torturous death. If you reject Christ during that time, you will be allowed to live and to live out your life as best as you can. You know, this, Bible, this book, and I've told you a hundred times how great this book is. And, and we're pre preaching out of Revelation. But if you go to Daniel 3, there is a great example of what it will be like in the tribulation for people. And you've, you've heard this story. You know this story in Daniel 3. Because there were three Jewish boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you remember the story where Nebuchadnezzar makes this nine-foot statue. And he orders every person to bow down and worship the statue, to worship the image of Nebuchadnezzar. We read in 13, chapter 13 that people will bow down and worship the Antichrist. And here these three guys are having to do that. And they've got to make a life or death decision. Do I... Do I, when the, when the harps play and the trumpet sounds, the Bible says, will I bow and worship that image or will we stand and worship holy God? That was their choices. That's the same choices that people will have in the tribulation. Do I, do I stand for, for Jesus Knowing that if I stand for Jesus, I will lose my life here on this earth. But if I lose my life here on this earth because I'm standing in the faith of my Lord and Savior, the Bible says on the other side of this life, I have a heavenly reward. And I will be with my Lord and Savior forever and forever. I don't know about you, but that is a positive result of the tribulation. When you're willing to stand no matter what, knowing that it will cost you your life, but you will have an eternity in the presence of holy God. As opposed to the ones that reject the Lord, that want to take the mark of the beast. And why do they do that? They do that in order to survive. In order to live on this earth a little bit longer. I'm not sure why anybody would want to live through the tribulation. But there are going to be millions of beings. Almost everybody will take the mark of the beast in order to be able to live 
on this old earth. But when this time on earth is done, their consequences, their rejection results in, in the lake of fire and brimstone, which is known as hell, separated from holy God forever and forever. They take a few years here and lose eternity here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that. And you know what they did. You know, God can deliver us if he wants to. That's fine. Or, or he can't. That's fine. But whatever it is, he said, I'll be with the Lord forever and forever. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said that. The folks in the tribulation will say the very same thing. God can take care of me. If I lose my life here, I will be with him forever and forever. You know, after, and after I got to looking at that, thinking about that, is that not what you and I do today? We have a choice today, did you know that? We can accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and we can sacrifice our life, if you will. We can carry our cross, if you will. We can be obedient to His lifestyle, if you would. You can submit our life to Him, and, and, and basically we die to self here because we have accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, knowing that what? One day, when it's all said and done, we will have a home in heaven. You know that mansion I was talking about in John 14? Yeah. We have this great reward because we have died to self here for an eternity up there. As opposed to folks that reject the Lord here and think they've got life by the tail here. And they reject the Lord and Savior. I'm living my life how I want to and you ain't going to tell me how to do it. Yeah, I got that. Okay, that's fine. But when this life is over, you will be separated from the Holy God forever and forever. And you don't have to do that. You just don't have to do that. See, see, the Bible is relevant back then. It's relevant today. And it's relevant way out there in the future. The message is still the same. You need Jesus if you want to live forever. The, first, the fifth characteristic of the mark of the beast it will have something to do with the number 666, uh, verse 18 there of, of chapter 13. He said, here's some wisdom. <laughs> Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. I'm telling you, that verse right there has called more folks to have a headache than any other verse of the Bible. Has called more theologians to scratch their head and go, uh, I'm supposed to know this stuff, but I don't know what that means. A lot of speculation, a lot of thought. I'm not going to give you any of that today, okay? All I'm going to tell you is, I don't know what it means. How's that? I don't know. I can't tell you. But I do know it will be related somehow to the mark of the beast. That is about as safe as I'm going to get right there, okay? I think that's the truth coming from God's Word. I don't have the wisdom to calculate it, and most folks do not also have the same wisdom to calculate what that means. You can guess and speculate, but I'm not going to tell you. But I do know it has something to do with the mark of the beast. And number six, real quick, and I'm finishing up here. Whoever refuses the mark of the beast will be killed. I mean, you just put it on your calendar. 
You accept Christ during the tribulation time, that great revival where millions will be saved. You do that, the Bible says, you will be killed. You know, you hear people go, you know, I think I'll, I'm just going to wait to the tribulation before I accept Christ as Savior. I, I, I want to live my life how it is right here. And, and I don't, you know, but, but man, when, when all you folks are gone, and here I am left in the tribulation, I, I just know, I just know I'll, I'll accept Christ as Lord and Savior. I just know I will. Why? Because, see, now you can, you can come to church and accept Christ as Lord and Savior, and you can come to the front and, and, and do that, and you'll have a whole bunch of folks come and hug your neck and love on you, you know, give you five, slap you, be excited for you. Or you can wait to the tribulation, and you accept Christ as Lord and Savior, and they say, here, bend over, I'm fixing it to cut your head off. I would say, that's what's going to happen to those Christians who become Christians in the tribulation time. 13, 15 tells us that. At the end of verse 15, it says, uh, cause as many as do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. But then that negative always ends with a positive, at least in Jesus' world. If you go to verse uh, chapter 20, verse 4, those folks in the tribulation time who have stood the test, have not rejected, who have not wildered, who have not given in, but stay strong and lose their life, what's the reward for those folks? In verse 4 we find John speaking here. I'm just going to read the whole verse. It's kind of long, but I think it fits. He says, then John, he says, I saw the thrones, the thrones of heaven, and they sat on them. And judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God. Tribulation saints who had been beheaded, there they sat by the throne room of God. And those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and not had received the mark on their forehead or on their hands, and they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Those saints of the tribulation who lose their head over that will have a great reward. They will be able to live with God for eternity. They will rule and reign on this old earth. We've talked about new heaven and new earth for a thousand years. God will not forget what they have done in His name. What a blessing that will be. So there you have it. There is what I believe the Bible says about the mark of the beast. You and I, as born-again believers, will not be there. We'll be gone. No matter what anybody says, we'll be out of here because of the rapture. The mark of the beast will begin after the tribulation has started. No COVID vaccination is the mark of the beast. No uh, passport that has proof of COVID vaccination is the mark of the beast. Even if COVID vaccination plus a chip, not the mark of the beast. Mark of the beast will only begin at the tribulation time. We will, not we, they will know the Antichrist. They will know who the false prophet is. And we'll be required to accept that 
Every person will be required to take the mark of the beast if you want to buy and sell stuff. Every person will pledge allegiance and worship the Antichrist and the false prophet. The number 666 will be a part of that somehow, the mark of the beast. And anybody refusing to take the mark of the beast will be killed. There are six things that I just gave you today from God's Word. The mark of the beast will not have one or two of those. It will not be three of those. It will not be four out of six. The Bible tells us the mark of the beast will have all six of those characteristics. And when your friends tell you that it's not true, I'm telling you what the Bible says is true. All six of those will be identifiers. They will all come together at the same time. And those folks who are living there will understand, yes, this truly is the mark of the beast. So if you think you've, you've got the mark, if you think the mark is here today, the uh, Bible says, no, it's not. So Christians, do not freak out <laughs> when everybody says, it's already here. Because the Bible says, no, it's not. I soon to trust this than anybody else's opinion. If I was not a Christian, if I had never been born again, I'd be freaking out. <laughs> okay? Uh, after last Sunday's message of the great white throne judgment about the fate of everyone who rejects the Lord, uh, today's message that if you've not been born again and if the rapture happens today, tomorrow, or the next day, you'll be left behind that would freak me out because I'm stepping into that area without Jesus. And that's not a good place to be. And I would urge you, if you've never accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, that, that you begin thinking about that. You need to understand how much God loves you. And he said, I, I, I'm going to tell you up front. I'm not going to put anything behind your back. I'm going to tell you up front that I love you, that I sent my son to die for you. And if you, if you accept my son... You have life eternal. You can have an abundant life here and a way abundant life way out there forever and forever. But if you don't, if you don't, and, and he says, I, you know, I'm a gentleman. I'm not going to force you to accept what I have for you. He said, I still love you. But if you reject my son and do not accept the gift that I want to give you, he says, here is, here is your fate. You'll understand what happens to you when you close your eyes for the last time here on this earth. Here's what's going to happen to you. And he said, I'm going to let you make the choice. You get the call. Uh, Y'all grown people. Y'all have a mind. You accept it. I'm so thankful that God doesn't force us to love him. You see, the false prophet is going to force everybody in this whole world to bow down to the Antichrist. And you and I both know that's not right. God said, I'm not going to do that to you. You have a choice. You can accept me or not. As the piano plays and we begin our invitation time, I'm going to ask you to bow your head, please. Don't know how God's spoken to you today. I hope you've got some information on the mark of the beast. But more than just information that I've given you, my prayer is that you won't ever have to deal with it. That you have been born again. That you have Christ as Savior. 
and that one day you will never have to deal with the mark of the beast. You'll never have to make that life and death choice to accept Christ or reject him. If you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, here's the time to do it. Nail it down. Put it in the bank. Let Jesus save you. Repent of your sins. Every sin that you've ever committed, he'll, he'll forgive you. Ask him to become Lord and Savior of your life. I want Christians all over this room to be praying. If you need to do business with God, forget the pride, forget everything. Don't let pride keep you from coming to the Lord. As the piano plays, I'll let you do business with, with our Lord.